Welcome to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined, as always, by EJ Snyder. EJ, the season three finale of Bears Over Beers, where has the time gone? It's gone pretty quickly. I, I was thinking about it, and somebody said, it is my wife said, oh, it's the last one. And I was like, well, not ever, I don't think. But uh, She said, no, for the season, primer show. I was like, oh, yes, no more no more regular weeks. Bears are certainly not in the playoffs. I don't think anybody made that mistake. Um, so, no, it's gone by fairly quickly, but I, I don't know. I think we had a good year. It feels like we had some, some great guests, and, you know, we got on YouTube this year. And uh, I thought we had some fun, more more fun certainly than the Bears had on the field. So I think we're ahead there. Yeah, we had a good time, and we, like you said, we had on some great guests. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to con- uh, continue that in the future. Just us tonight, us and a couple of twelve ounce companions. What did you bring on for the finale? I have one left of the Boundary Bay Brewing Cabin Fever. Um, pretty solid offering, eight point seven by volume. Only 37 IBUs, pretty dark, pretty smooth, pretty heavy, uh, you know, classic winter slash Christmassy beer, some nice can art, but uh, yeah, not new. I had this one on the show before, but I had it left over and it felt appropriate. What do you have? I am bringing on a gift from the in-laws. Oh, nice. They gave me left hand milk stout s'mores edition. Uh, and I don't know if they actually listened to the episode where I talked about how much I like s'mores stouts, but I opened a Christmas present and here's a six pack of, of s'mores milk stout. And I thought, what better beer to bring on the finale than clearly a JB beer, which is a s'mores stout. So very excited. I've had a couple s'mores stouts, as I've mentioned, but I do not believe that I have had left hands s'mores stout. So I'm excited to give it a try. Yeah, it's good stuff, and who knows? Maybe they do listen, maybe they don't, and the elves helped. Could be. Uh, father-in-law is a Packers fan, as I have mentioned before. He might be one of the more negative Packers fans I've ever met. Uh, you know, th- watching the game with him on Christmas, you know, oh, the Packers are going to go three and out here. Oh, they're going to make a mistake here. And it was like, you understand that your team has the best record in the NFC, right? You're going to have home field advantage in the playoffs. And it just, you know, kind of fell on deaf ears. But uh, I don't know. I guess that's better than a braggadocious Packers fan. I'm not sure. If you had to watch the game with him, it's definitely better than a braggadocious Packers fan because that that's always rough. I've been in that situation. It's it's not super cool. Um did I tell you that I drove Packers fans out of Buffalo Wild Wings this year? <laughs> um, I, I don't. I think you should share that story. Yeah, it might no, be I, the only Bears victory over the Packers that we've it, it we prob- seen in no, years. It's definitely the only Bears victory. No, I sat down and I was wearing uh, the shirt I'm wearing now, which is a big Windy City Gridiron shirt, and it's got a big bear on it that's orange. It's a navy shirt, and you know, I took off my jacket and sat down, and there was a group of uh packers fans uh natalie attired in their green and gold finery a few tables over and they kind of sniffed and you know in my general direction and i was like "Mm -hmm. yep gonna be here all game you know and uh (laughs) they they finished their entrees and left they did not watch the game uh oh like like, true fans and i was like well there you go you can't can't hang go for it not that i was going to talk any shit because look i'm a chicago fan and it's a packers game like not a lot of shit to talk um 
but yeah, good times. I was like, oh, you don't like the shirt. All right, cool. Neat. And they left. And I was like, ha, ha. Like you said, one of the rare Chicago victories over Green Bay. <laughs> well, good first sip of this beer. Let's get into what's going to happen here in week 18, game 17. I'm still having a really hard time with that new piece of the NFL. But Bears are going to go to Minnesota. They're going to play the Vikings. I have said all year, these are two teams that are the Spider-Man meme that are pointing at each other. They're the same. If the Bears are able to get a victory in Minnesota, which seems completely possible, to be honest with you, Minnesota looks kind of just destroyed right now. They will have the same divisional record. They will have the same overall record. They will have the same conference record. They will have the same common opponents record. This, These are two teams that are the same. They're almost certainly both going to fire their head coaches. They may fire their, fire their general managers. The difference, of course, is that the Bears have number one, who is going to be coming back onto uh, the field here to, to finish out the season, hopefully in a positive uh, momentum-carrying game uh, into into the offseason. Justin Fields, we believe, will play in this one. Um, and, and that's really the big difference between these two franchises. The, the Vikings are kind of somewhat hamstrung by a giant Kirk Cousins contract. The Bears have a new quarterback that they're going to build around. And so we're going to see these two teams that are, you know, both alike in dignity, but, uh, you know, one has something that the other wishes they did. Yeah, they shouldn't be, though, right? That's the thing. They absolutely are. And I love that point that you can look at it from the outside. And if you said to, I think, the majority of NFL fans, whether or not they're NFC North fans or not, and you said, which team is better, the Vikings or the Bears? Just knowing about the talent that's on the Vikings team, I think probably 90% of NFL fans would say, oh, the Vikings are clearly better. And from a roster talent standpoint, they clearly are. They have way more talent than the Bears do, but they have underachieved to the level that, again, you said it, Chicago and Minnesota are basically going to have the same record if the Bears can win in Minnesota all the way along, divisionally, shared opponents, overall and that's that's striking. Like the Vikings should be better with the talent that they have, but they haven't been, and that's probably why their head coach is going to get let go. Um, they're pretty much over it at this point. They're over saying, "Yeah, we're talented," and it's uh, you know I commiserate with them. It's hard to be a Vikings fan and see all that talent on the field. See Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen at wide receiver. They had you know good tight end go down to injury before the season. Kirk Cousins can be good when he gets hot. They have two great tackles, bookend tackles. They've got some decent defensive linemen. They've had real success there. They've got two great linebackers. They've got Harrison Smith at safety. Corners have been a little bit up and down, but like this is a this is a good roster. And they haven't put up results to match that quality of talent. That's interesting. I, I don't think that they're as good as you think they are, but uh, that's okay. I, I just kind of think that they're they're very similar to the Bears in, in, in talent level. And I, I do think Justin Jefferson is, of course, very good. Um, you know, they have differences in where their talent is at. Um, and, you know, Bears have some, you know, Bears, they don't have a Roquan Smith, right? They don't have this ascending blue chip middle inside linebacker that's on his level, right? I mean, the Bears coming into the year had Allen Robinson and, and, and Darnell Mooney. Allen Robinson did not have a very good year. Those are good players, though. Uh, they're not to the level of Justin Jefferson. But I think overall, I don't think it's that far apart. So mm. that's fine. Um, I, that's why I've just felt like they're the same 
team, right? I mean, last year and this year, they just they, they kind of seem like the same team. And let's not forget about, you know, Khalil Mack, you know, Robert Quinn's having an incredible year. I mean, the, the Bears have talent too. We, we don't want to give all the credit to the, the purple and gold here going into week 18, unless you're trying to do a reverse jinx um, before the game. But let's just talk about fields first. What do you want to see out of Justin Fields in this last start? Is there really anything that we can gain in this last start that we haven't really seen already? Health. <laughs> I want him to come out healthy. I do not want him to get banged up or, or tack on another injury. He's already had several of those over this season, which is not surprising given the quality of offensive line play for the Bears and learning struggles of a rookie quarterback. Those two things combined put him in some bad situations. He's an extremely tough young guy, but I don't want to see that tested on Sunday. I want to see him upright. I want to see him throwing. I want to see continued improvement in pocket presence. Uh, it's been good. It can get better. He can release the ball more often. He can give up on a few plays more often and, and live to fight another down. If he just continues to do all that and then, you know, sprinkles in the deep throws that he's had all season, you know, runs when it's correct and he's not going to take a pounding, that'd be fine for me. But Honestly, he could kneel down every down and come out healthy, and I'd be like, that's fine. We we know everybody's resetting for next year. It's a meaningless game for the Bears. They can't really do anything to the Vikings. It's not like they could play spoiler. Like, their season's already spoiled as well. It's mostly just coming out healthy and showing sort of continued growth um, and staying upright. Just stay upright, Justin. I'd like to see him put up some highlights. I'd like to see him, you know, rip a few touchdowns, to be honest with you. I I think that the Vikings might just kind of be in, like, give-up mode because they had a bad game last week and they just kind of got eliminated. They might just be in that spot where they're just not playing very hard and last week of the year they're trying to get out of there. And so maybe there's a little bit more soft cushion there for, for Fields to take advantage of. So I, I'd like to see him rack up some stats. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If he goes three touchdowns and no interceptions, that would put him at an even 10 and 10 of each on the year. And I think that'd be really nice. He did miss two soft opponents that I think he would have been able to to even that ratio out um, the last couple of weeks. And so that, I think that's really unfortunate because he, he threw a lot of interceptions early. Um, you know, th- those don't come off the books. There's going to be there forever. I would love it if he didn't have a negative, um, just, just for my stat brain, it'd be nice if it was evened up. So that's kind of what I'm looking for out of him. Did you catch the Mike Zimmer quote of the young quarterback for the Vikings, Kellen Mond, when he was asked if maybe why not give Kellen Mond some play in week 18? Yeah, I tried to catch it. I reached out, but it weighed about 500 pounds, went right through my hands and crashed <laughs> through the floorboards. Uh, it was rough. Um, we, yeah, we talked about this on bootleg at length. It was one of our three down sections. Uh, Zimmer has a way about him. It's one of the reasons it took a very long time for him to get a head coaching spot in the first place. He is abrasive. He is not a guy that will couch things. He has a heavy preference for veterans and Look, he can say whatever he wants about Kellen Mond, but the way that he said what he said after the game last week serves no one. It doesn't help Kellen. It doesn't help Zimmer. He's out anyways. It doesn't make Vikings fans happy. Like, there's no winners from from that quote, which was, hey, do you, do you want to get a look at Mond? And he said, no. Not particularly. 
And everybody was like, well, why not? Because I see him every day. (laughs) Seems reasonable. And and Zim, as only he can, says, yeah, I see him every day, which sounds awful. And it probably isn't as awful in Zimmer's mind, which means I see him every day. I don't really think he's he's ready. ready. I have a heavy preference for veterans, so I'm going to run a Sean Mannion out in Green Bay. And look, they weren't going to win the game in Green Bay anyways. You're going into Aaron Rodgers' house. He's playing obscenely well. It's 10 degrees. You're not going to win likely that game anyways. But running Sean Mannion out is the full surrender Cobra. You're absolutely going to lose if that's the case, right? Mond, again, could provide some flashes, show you some things, maybe get some of those rough edges honed off. Rookie quarterbacks need to do that in live game action. They get better. We've seen young quarterbacks do it all through the season. Tyler Huntley looked better in his second start and his third start than he did in his first start. Justin Fields, same thing, threw a bunch of picks early, got better late. So if you don't start getting Mond that game experience, to me, it really is throwing up the white flag and going, well, we're going to lose and this doesn't help us at all, right? Sean Mannion doesn't help the Vikes at all. They knew, and the part that killed me was I didn't realize that Lafleur had coached Mannion at one point. So he knows exactly what Sean Mannion has. Kellen Mond, at least there's some element of surprise, no matter what you think about him. And the Vikings did it anyways. They just ran Mannion into the teeth of that defense. He got the hell beat out of him. They got beat. And then you come out afterwards and and drop this lead brick quote that serves no one. And it just, it was kind of gross. It was like, well, that's not the way to do it. I kind of loved it. And and I will never say anything <laughs> negative about a fellow Oregon State Beaver. So Sean Mannion getting the start, I have no problem with, you know, go, go Beavs. But you bring up an interesting point about Zimmer in that, you know, he gives zero Fs at this point because he has to know that he's out of there. And I think Matt Nagy, despite him kind of saying in the, the press conference earlier today and this week, like, oh, I haven't been told that I'm not going to be back. I'm, I'm a pretty good source. Maybe you should ask me, right? I think Matt Nagy knows his, his run is over in Chicago as well. So it'll be interesting to hear what that pregame conversation is when the coaches come out and talk to each other. Uh, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, hey, you got any, you got any lines on a, on a new job? Where do you think you're going to land? And I'm curious what you think about – Zimmer might retire. I mean, he's he's older. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, crotchety old defensive coordinators that stick around and, and, and get more opportunities. And Zimmer is a good defensive coordinator. Let's make no mistake about it excellent third down packages is is one of the best if not the best at that in the league he can get work if he wants it so i'm curious if where do you project zimmer and matt nagy to land next year position wise you don't have to he don't have to come up with a team just position wise yeah it's interesting i think zimmer might be out of football next year uh not because he's obsolete but because he's probably done he's tired he's had a bunch of health struggles he's had off-season surgeries he's had surgeries on his eye um you know he's not a spring chicken anymore because again he wasn't one of those guys that got a head coaching job young um i could see him saying you know i i want to kick around the house for the year i i haven't had that in how many years and i just kind of want to go fishing And I might get sick of it after two trips and say, I want to be a defensive consultant somewhere. 
but I could see him being out of football. I don't think he's going to push. He isn't one of those guys that I think come Tuesday is going to hit the bricks and show up at the combine with his resume and be, you know, bright eyed for a new shot. Like if one of his old friends of which there are many around the league reach out and say, Hey, do you want to do this? I want your style. Um, he could be persuaded, but I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a break. Nagy, I think will absolutely go for another job. I don't think he'll get an offensive coordinator job just given what the Bears have done. I think he'll be at the position coach level, most likely as a quarterback's coach. And I think he can be decent there. Like, he is a guy that we understand can lead people who people do want to follow, they will listen to. And if you neck it down so that he is not having to do the thing he is weakest at, which is play call, not play design, not talk about mechanics. I think he can do all that. And that would be his sort of scope of influence as a quarterback coach. I, I think that's fine. And and somebody, again, from the Reed tree or that he's worked with in the past, um, you know, famously played against Ryan Day. Um, I could even see him going to a to a high caliber, you know, college staff as certainly a quarterback's coach, maybe an OC in college. But again, I don't think I think that's going to be a very tough sell right now. There's a little bit of image rehab that has to happen. Um, so I would see him as a quarterback's coach, either in the NFL or at a major college program with one of his with one of his coaching buddies. Um, Nagy was sort of famous for recycling his coaching buddies. Um throughout the Chicago staff. So I could see a sort of reciprocal arrangement where somebody reaches out and says, Hey, I'll give you a soft landing spot. Come hang out on the staff for you. Yeah. I think he land. I don't think we really know what his contract situation is with the bears. I don't, you know, they never really talked about if they extended him at any point. We don't know. Cause a lot of times if they got guaranteed money that's sitting there, well, why not just take the year and go golfing and just pay yourself millions of dollars to golf. Right. I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. He's got, all, he's got, you know, he was a head coach for a few years. He's, got more money in the bank probably than unless he's got some crazy spending habits but he's got more money in the bank than the vast majority of us will ever see but you know these guys want to work and he's still young he's going to want another chance he did some good things he certainly has you know a strong leadership skills but absolutely has to go back onto this offensive staff that lets him be another offensive line uh, mind in the room and let him focus on the quarterback. That's it. Just he's got, he's the quarterback coach. He's another offensive mind in the room. You like him that way. Like, you know, he's, he, he benefits the organization, but you're not putting too much on him. You're not relying. You're, you're a defensive coordinator, a defensive minded head coach, right? It's not going to hire him to be the OC to, to run his offense. That That's not his landing spot. His landing spot is not, well, he brings good offense, but he doesn't have leadership skills. So, uh, you know, this defensive coach is a good pair. No, no, no. He's going to go to an offensive staff that's going to appreciate his mind and just focus on the quarterback. I think you're right about Zimmer. Zimmer's 65. Um, I think, you know, we think about these guys wanting to hold on forever. I don't know, man. I think he, he might just take a year and maybe he's just kind of a guy that he's the defensive consultant or what, you know, that assistant guy that comes back, you know, he's in the booth, you know, he's, he's, it's, it's lower risk, but he still gets to like get that adrenaline of making the play calls. But I don't see him trying to get back in anything. Glad he got a shot. They did some good things in Minnesota, but uh, ne- never could get over the hump. But what do you want to watch other than fields in this game? Is there anything that kind of interests you from, I don't know, young players or you want to see, 
Robert Quinn trying to get to 20. I mean, he's already got the record. So, like, you know, what are, what are you looking for here? I, I would love to see the Bears defense do what you were talking about Justin Fields doing on offense, right? If, if the Vikings come out and they're not terribly motivated, again, those sacks don't come off the books, right? Just like Fields' interceptions don't come off the books. If you've got somebody that's playing soft or just really kind of isn't all that interested or maybe thinks they get back at the quarterback a little bit by giving a soft edge once or twice, like you pick up a sack and a half, they still count. You pick up two sacks, they still count. You pick up an interception, they still count. There's no asterisks of, oh, it was 18 and they were week 18 and they were resting people and they didn't try very hard. Like that doesn't go into the record book. So I would love to see Quinn keep the hammer down. He's been playing very well. Um, certainly don't want to see him get injured trying, but you know, I, I would like to see that. Roquan could add some stats to what has been a very good year defensively. Other than that, I want to see the young tackles play, but I'm not sure they will because they should have been playing for the last month and they haven't. Uh, Horstead is back. He is off the COVID list. I would love to see him start at tight end. Like, what's the point in running Jimmy Graham out there? There's none. There hasn't been any all year. Like, put Jesper Horstead in the starting spot and see how he picks up the run fit blocks. See how he runs the seam. Does he catch any deep receptions between the 20s? Um all that would be fun. Thomas Graham should absolutely be starting at the corner. I think they've got a corner that they can use if they're willing to play some zone sort of match schemes. That's Graham's forte. Jalen Johnson can lock up one-on-one man-to-man with top receivers. Graham is a nice counterpoint, and I would, again, like to see him get some more reps because he's gotten better each week. Other than that, you know, guys that are a little bit less heralded but have done really well, Travis Gibson. Like, I'd love to see him pick up a couple more sacks. Um, had a couple of great rushes last week, uh, strip sacks and very close. He's looked really good. Quinn's gotten the attention. Everybody, of course, always focuses on Khalil Mack, but Travis Gibson has quietly had a very solid sophomore season, and that's going to be important for the Bears going forward. Pass rusher is a very expensive position to try and get if you don't have it, either in the draft or in free agency. And if he is a valuable second or third rusher for the Bears, that's a win because he was drafted late and he was a developmental guy. And if he's developed enough to the point where he can be in that rotation and bring heat when he's in there, that's a really good thing. Yeah, we're going to, after the break, we're going to talk about this this roster. But just to your point about Edge, we're not going to talk about needing an edge because you've got hopefully Khalil Mack coming back healthy. You've got Robert Quinn under contract. Both of those guys are high-level performers, and you've got Gibson who can come in and be that third guy. That's going to be the envy of a lot of teams. There's not a lot of teams that can go three deep with guys that can get double-digit sacks. So, I I mean, and you say, oh, Gibson, you can't say he's going to get double. He's already got six and a half, you know, I mean, and he's coming on. So he learns from these two guys. You know, young buck coming up. I'm for it. So I don't. I don't have much else. Uh, 71 yards from Mooney would put him up. Put him at a thousand. Um, nice. I'm, I'm looking for that. There's no way David Montgomery's going to get to a thousand. Unfortunately, um, he's just he just hasn't been getting the. He never had that big game after the injury. Didn't never pop for 120 or anything like that just didn't happen for him so he's not going to come close to a thousand there's really not other stat things that 
you really need to look for. It's really the 71 yards for Mooney to get to 1,000. So um, look for that. It'd be nice if Fields has a really good game. We get that ratio evened out. But otherwise, I mean, there's no real records or anything that's, that are going to happen here. So uh, let's uh, let's take a quick break. After the break, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of run down, do like a very high-level free agency draft kind of preview and then we are going to let EJ go into the film room for a couple months. So stick with us. All right, EJ. So let's talk about whoever the GM is going to be. It's going to have some work to do. Okay. So people are saying, oh, there's, they got a lot of cap room. It's like, well, see, here's the thing. They really don't. They've got $45 million, something like that now and they will probably get more on the books when it, they make a couple of cuts which will certainly happen but it's not going to be much more than that and they have 20 players on the roster right now i mean it is it's swiss cheese i mean there are just absolute holes in the roster this is not a, a team that's that's uh, ready to play next year there's a lot of work that has to be done to the point, there is one wide receiver, Darnell Moody, under contract. I mean, let's not count Daz Newsom just yet, but um, everybody else is free agent, ready to go, okay? One safety, you got Eddie Jackson. You got two inside linebackers. One of them's Trevathan. He's probably not going to be here. You don't have a center under contract. You don't have your right guard under contract because James Daniels is going to be a free agent. You don't really have any offensive line depth. Your punter is up, and you've got Cole Komet at tight end. That's pretty much it. You have not that much money in free agency, and you only have five draft picks. Those five draft picks are one in round two, one in round three, two round fives, and a round six. So you can't expect starters out of the draft from rounds five and six. So you can maybe fill two starter roles, hopefully, if you get it right, with those round two and round three, I would say you'd absolutely need to trade down if you could with that round two pick to try to pick up another premium pick that you can get another body in. But if Ryan Pace is still making those decisions, I will believe it when I see it. So the question to you, EJ, who you got your eye on? Who, how are you going to solve this? You don't have to have uh, player names from college yet or anything like that, but like, what are you trying to address in free agency? Are you trying to spend a little bit bigger to make sure that you get something solidified, uh, one of those positions solidified in free agency before the draft? Like, kind of, what, where are you thinking you would go with this problem? Yeah, it's not. This is not a fun puzzle to start with. A lot of people have said, "Oh, the GM spot in Chicago, if it comes open, would be incredibly desirable because they have forty-four-ish million in cap space. They have a young quarterback, and you get to pick your coach." Like, that's great. Like, and ostensibly, those three things are really cool. But 44 million is not 44 million. 44 million has to buy the rest of a roster. You've got 20, I think, six ish players under contract. And like you said, some real holes. Like, you cannot field a team with the people you have coming back. So, there's a lot of patching that has to go on. You're going to have to get really creative. And some of those positions are expensive. And I think the first sort of domino is figuring out what you're going to do with the offensive line. Now, they've said all year they think that Devin Jenkins is going to be their left and they wanted Borum to be their future at right. 
I, you and Lester and I had a conversation about this this week, and I would love it, and I know it sounds like a backhanded compliment, and it's not, if Larry Borum was the swing tackle, because Larry Borum would be a better swing tackle for the Bears than they've had in quite some time. But that would mean they need to decide what they're going to do with Jenkins. Is he a left or is he a right? And Olin Krutz famously came out this week and said that you, you put Jenkins at right where he's comfortable and you find a left. Now, can you find a left tackle in the second round, high in the second round? You probably can, but that eats up a very premium pick. In terms of free agents, it's ironic, but the best free agent left tackle available might be one Charles Leno Jr. Uh, he just signed an extension with Washington. Dum, dum, dum. So now you're, <laughs> you've got a hole, right? Nobody else is looking great as a, hey, let's bring them in and they'll solidify. They got incredibly lucky this year. Maybe in some strange universe, they say, hey, do you want to do it again? <laughs> do you want to run it back to Jason Peters? I hope not. Uh, but, you know, that's possible. But they really have to decide where Tevin Jenkins goes. And other than that, they're in a bind because typically starting left tackles come in the first round. They don't have a first round pick. You can't trade up to get one. You don't have the, the ammo to do that. So it starts with the line. And then you're going to have to fill in some other line pieces as well, because the ones you have aren't great. Mustafer is not a sure thing at all. In my mind, in your mind, he needs to be replaced. James Daniels is probably going to get a fat offer from somebody else and go sign there. Bears are not going to be able to match. So what do you do with all these guys? And you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to find some great third fourth fifth round players that you think you can develop you're gonna have to take some shots on some undrafted free agents you're gonna have to take some third wave of free agency shots for guys that are gonna make three and four million a year and might give you starters reps for half a season so it's gonna be patchwork it's not gonna be great you talked about the defensive line being really good they're gonna need another linebacker because Danny Trevathan rolling out as a starter is not a thing Roquan's there but he needs Somebody like an Ogletree. Maybe Ogletree wants to re-sign. He had a really good showing. You know, maybe somebody wants to give him more money and he leaves. Again, you've got to get creative. Maybe you find a big safety in college that you want to move down that could be another rangy guy beside him. And typically, again, if Ryan Pace stays, this is going to be very difficult because he has not showed a ton of creativity. He showed really good draft picks in the middle rounds, which is good news. The bad news is he has not raked the udfa ranks for every possible you know stone to turn over he's not really good in free agency um, especially with the lower end picks he's been okay but there's so much work to do they're gonna have to take as many low priced shots as they can and that's gonna look a little bit and i know this is gonna sound weird it's gonna look a little bit like what the texans did this year mm -hmm. the texans signed everybody Right. And everybody was like, they're washed. They're this. They're they never was they're they're taking bodies and they're all cheap. They signed something like I forget. It was almost like 42 free agents and <laughs> something like, yeah, you got 30 you. and like 35 of them were a million or under. Yeah. And the Bears are going to need a shotgun approach because they have a lot of slots. They do not have a lot of cash by the time they fill. They have maybe one big free agency grab, maybe one and a half. And then they're just going to have to fill with, I'm going to bring in six guys and we're going to see who wins. Yeah, I think that they can maybe afford to bring one prized free agent, maybe not the first day free agent, but like 
close to it, right? Not maybe not the top of the line, or maybe not at a position of of, of uh, you know highest value. And then maybe they get a couple like, oh yeah, day three, day four signings, and then it's that bargain bin come in, prove it deals, or you know this is what you got. You got an opportunity to play, hit the market next year, rebuild your value, right? They're gonna have to do a ton of that. When I look at some of the names, though, even what's out there, it's 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 interesting. What I would think I would try to do, you got to get a wide receiver. You got to probably sign a couple wide receivers, but I think you probably need to sign a wide receiver that has some <laughs> potential to make an impact. But Chris Godwin hurt, Michael Gallup hurt, Christian Kirk hurt, right? And I'm not a big Christian Kirk fan. Other people like him a little bit more than me. Mike Williams might be the best receiver that's going to hit the market, and he might not hit the market. The, you know, the Chargers might just re-sign him. Mike Williams would be really interesting because he's got a different body type and skill set that Mooney has. I, I like that. I like that idea if Mike Williams shakes loose. Um, but I don't know that, that, that the Bears can compete for a guy like that. So they may be in the Goodwin-Bird type market for wide receivers, Tight end, I mean, you, you only got Cole Komet. I'd love to see Jesper Horstead get, get some more play. But what are you going to do? Are you going to sign Mike Gusecki? He's going to get paid. Like, you are not, you can't afford Mike Gusecki. So mm-hmm. I think it's David Njoku. Maybe you can afford him. Maybe. He's got first-round pedigree. Someone might throw some money at him. I would sign David Njoku. I like him. I think he's an interesting – he's not great, but I think he's, like, good, solid player. I'd like to see him in Chicago. I think you got to sign an offensive lineman or two. I mean, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Daniels. I would love to see them spend their premium free agent money on Ryan Jensen because I think pairing a guy like Jensen with Justin Fields would be phenomenal. I'm all in on that move. Bring Ryan Jensen in. That's kind of my dream. That's a nerdy offensive lineman dream, but but bring in the the guy who – you know, has really just been tearing it up in, in, in Tampa Bay and, and pair him with Justin Fields. Attitude all the way. Bears fans would love Ryan Jensen. I don't know what he costs, but I think he's worth it. After that, I mean, there's not a ton of difference between James Daniels and, you know, a lot of the guys behind him. There's maybe a couple guards that would put in front of him. Lakin Tomlinson, who's bounced around a couple times already. He's putting together a nice stretch in San Francisco, Connor Williams, but it's kind of tough to tell with that Dallas line. He's got a lot of good players around him, how good Connor Williams is. Maybe he's better than James Daniels, maybe not. Um, but I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I, I if they broke the bank to sign Carlton Davis from the Bucks at, to, to fill one of the corner spots, I wouldn't be upset because I think they need another corner, but I don't think they can afford him. So you start to just kind of go through this list and the names get kind of depressing after that. So now you're you're hoping that there's some guys cut, right? Like again, maybe you get some injury discounts to some of those wide receivers. Maybe that's happened. Maybe that's the route you have to go, and you have to know, like, you know what? They're not going to be effective in September, so we're going to have to wait till October and later to to get value out of them. But it's not a great scene for what you need. No, the match isn't there. Wide receiver is a great place to start because, you know, just especially with what Jamar Chase has been doing in Cincinnati and how much he's turned that franchise with his ability, you need a big dynamic one. And that's not Mooney. I think Mooney is a great wide receiver, but he's a two 
He's proved he can be a two or a three. He's not a one. And the ones that are out there, you named him. Like Devontae Adams, I don't think he's going anywhere. Chris Godwin, I wasn't sure he was going anywhere. Now he's hurt. Maybe he takes a hometown discount to stay in that offensive system. Maybe not. Maybe somebody pays him. They got Mike Williams, who's the healthy one. And then the one I was really interested in was Gallup because he's in a situation where it's going to be hard for Dallas to pay him. Dallas has got Amari Cooper on the roster. They're going to have to pay C.D. Lamb soon. You can't throw, well, you can, (laughs) in a Saints sort of a way, throw a huge contract at Michael Gallup, but they might be persuaded to let him test the market because they just decide, look, we got big money in Zeke. We got big money in Dak. We're going to have to pay C.D. We just can't do it. So he might have gotten away, and he's a very talented guy. Now he's hurt. That complicates things. But after that, after those four, you know, two of whom might not shake loose anyways, there's not a lot. You drop directly to Christian Kirk, who mm-hmm. is a three <laughs> or a four. He is not a one, right? So if you're I'm look- not that big of a fan of Kirk. I really I, am not. Neither am I. He very much reminds me of Goodwin and Bird. And, you know, a bunch of the guys that have filled that role. Um, And that's not what you need. So then it's back to the draft. But again, you're probably going to spend your R3 pick at at worst, I guess. You know, you're not probably finding, again, starting wide receivers in R5, no matter how good they are. And in R2, you're probably going to need some offensive line because you got a lot of holes there, too. So it's do you sign? A premium offensive lineman like Jensen, do you spend your big money there? I'm I'm with you. I think that would be a tone setting move. Um, Olin Krutz would lose his mind. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, he does <laughs> does really like the current. I, I know he likes Sam, but he also is a realist. And if I Ryan Jensen showed up, Ryan it would, Jensen. it's a massive upgrade. And he plays very similarly to the way Krutz did. He is a tone setter. He is a tough guy. Um, and I don't mean paper tough guy. Like he is a tough guy. He sets a tone. He does not let people touch Brady. Um, and that would be great for a young quarterback to have that stability in the middle. He would make the people around him better. It means you could probably spend a little bit less on guard because Ryan Jensen's going to clean up some of that mess. Um, so that's all great, but there's just too many holes, not enough money, not enough draft picks. You're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to get a little bit lucky. Um, you're going to have to get somebody that maybe everybody right now is saying, oh, they won't be there in the second wave of free agency. They won't be there in the third wave of free agency. And for whatever reason, the market's a little depressed or they, you know, misplayed their hand for the first contract and they kind of come back into the open market. Everybody assumed they'd sign with their hometown team and they said, screw you. Something like that, because it's going to be that and not that or. That that alone is not going to bail them out. So they've got a ton of work to do. There's a lot. The sort of war drums are starting to pound that Ryan Pace is going to be back in some capacity as general manager. We've already talked about GM candidates with Brad. Um, I would like to see them move on. But if they stay, I don't like you said, I'll believe it when I see it with Ryan Pace. He's not going to trade down. He's not going to go combing through the ranks of UDFAs. I really don't know what he's going to do, and it's probably going to be a lot of bargain basement free agent signings, and he's not been great at those. He has not found a lot of gems in the back half of free agency. Some GMs are really good at that. So it's it's not a pretty picture if Ryan Pace stays. If they get a new GM, who knows? Sort of all bets are off, but either way, whoever comes in, 
ton of work to do with this team, no matter how it sort of looks at the outset. Yeah, and your round two pick is going to slot in somewhere around 40th, 42nd, something like that overall. You know, you can, you know, in theory, if you find a trade partner and they're willing to trade up because somebody fell out of the first round and they want to get up and get them, uh, you know, you could pick up an extra pick. Maybe you pick up a, maybe you're able to pick up a low three to move back into round two. You know, maybe you can pick up four if you move back from your third round pick or, you know, a high five or something. You know, there are ways to get more picks. And I think whoever is making that decision really needs to do that because you need more bodies in the room. You need more bodies with controlled, cheaper contracts. This is this is paying for that Justin Fields trade, right? This is what has to happen when you do that. If you can make an offseason move somehow before the draft where you, you trade players on the roster for picks, that's one way to do that. But there's just not a lot of options of, of who that could be or could you get even close to the value of you know a guy like Robert Quinn? Could you recover anything close to what he could bring on the field? I'm not sure. Some people want to strip it down all the way. I understand that. But and you, don't, you also have to – try to field a competitive roster as well. So uh, I think if, if it's me, if if the picks aren't going to get traded in your round two, three, you, you think that they're going to be contributors. I want them to both be offensive players, even though I truly believe that they need to draft another corner to be competitive. But I'm going to draft two offensive players. I'm going to draft someone on the offensive line. You can find a starter in round two or round three in the interior offensive line. You could find another tackle in round two to compete for for a job there um, in most every draft without even knowing who's going to be in this draft. I feel comfortable saying that. And and uh, wide receivers are coming out all the time that can contribute right away. And round two, round three is is certainly a place where you can go get that. That's probably where I would go. I would probably go interior offensive line and wide receiver even after I'm hopefully making some investments there in, the, in free agency as well. It's not enough capital, either free agency dollars or draft picks, to fill everything. You're not going to fix this roster in one offseason. What the priority should be is fixing it from the offensive perspective to give Justin Fields enough time and Justin Fields enough targets. That should be the main focus this year. Try to figure out the offensive line and some of those targets. You have a good running back, a stable of running backs. Herbert has proved himself to be valuable in that room. Montgomery is a very good back. Cohen maybe get, gets cut, but if not, he's a good third running back, and he's a guy that can play wide receiver and, and give you some snaps there. So I don't. there's no investment needed at running back. The running back room is already figured out. You've got your quarterback one figured out. You're going to have to sign a backup, but whatever. Who cares with that? If Justin Fields goes down next year, doesn't matter right this 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 team is built around him so try to figure out how to add quality to the offensive line and you got to add some weapons on the outside yeah i fully agree i think wide receiver would probably be r2 it's going to be because it's a higher priority position draft wise than interior offensive line there will be centers and guards available that can start in early round three for sure even later round three round four if they trade down, we saw that last year and that, you know, it's, it's a hit the bricks year for the scouts. They're going to have to go to some, some lesser known programs, find some players that had some things that, uh, basically marked them off on a lot of other people's boards and they can get a value because of it. So that's going to be the continuation there. Um, 
they're probably going to let go some higher price veterans. I would keep an eye on Eddie Goldman. Um, positions like that you can get um, for cheaper. You can find nose tackles in round five, round six, round seven, even undrafted free agent. We've seen the past couple of years, guys that can eat snaps at defensive tackle, only playing a couple of downs every series. Um, they're available. So that sort of market inefficiency or, or you can call it game theory or whatever else you've got to play those strengths. You cannot go get some great nose tackle in round three. It doesn't make any sense. You need bodies at nose tackle. You've got Kira Stonger right now and, and, I would imagine they try and move Goldman off the books. It'd be interesting to see if they can get anything for, you know, Danny Trevathan, you know, Nick Foles, maybe like anybody that's left. That's not going to contribute. Get him gone. Foles is on the roster. Yeah. (laughs) Get him, get him gone. Like if Foles is the backup, I'm not sad about it because he, you could do a lot worse than that. But anybody that's not going to contribute this year and early next year, um, you know, or is not going to be contributing midseason next year, get them gone. Like it's going to take a year and a half till this team is, is pushing and competitive. So if they're coming due for a contract next year, uh, they're playing limited snaps this year. They've got too many miles on them, which the bears grabbed quite a few of those guys. Um, get them gone, clean that space. I don't care if you get below market value, you're clearing a little bit of cap space. You're taking the hit a little bit sooner. You're basically setting the field for next year. And I know that's not what anybody wants to hear, but it's what we said in the middle of last year, which was, hey, do that this year, and then you'd be good to go, and we'd be staring at an offseason where they did have more of those contracts off the books, more cap space available, maybe some more draft picks from those low-end trades of moving high-priced veterans where you get a conditional fifth or sixth. And, hey, we don't have two fives. We have four fives. So now we can go up and get a fourth. Um you know, those are the kind of things that they have to consider. I would very much like them to look at Carolina's draft strategy from last year. And if there is not an absolute great person at their pick that they quote unquote cannot live without, you trade down. Like trade down is the default. And if they do that, they have a chance at fielding a decent full roster. If not, you're going to see a lot of young guys that get a lot of opportunities to play next year because. COVID's not going anywhere. People get injured. It's going to be another long season. You got to have bodies. And right now the bears are short on bodies. Yeah. That might be the strategy for the 2022 draft might be the strategy for the 2023 draft as well, Mm -hmm. because again, you have a lot of catch up to do and you've already got your quarterback. So if you end up with a high first round pick in the 2023 draft, cool trade down, let somebody else try to come up for a quarterback, right? Like there should be no reason, no excuse for you with a with a, a roster with a lot of holes in it to hold on to a really high pick if someone wants to come up and try to get that final piece, right? We're looking at the Eagles this year who arrived a year early and they – they're really well-run organization. It's a, it's a probably too much to ask for for the Bears to be like the Eagles, but they trade down. They still get a great wide receiver. The Dolphins get impatient. They trade up to so that they can they can draft their wide receiver. The Eagles just drop down a few spots. They get the Dolphins' first round pick this next year. The Dolphins are not making the playoffs, and so it's going to be a mid round first first round pick, mid first round pick great smart do that stuff right the bears need to start doing that stuff because they're going to need more talent because you've already got the one 
We don't know if Justin Fields is going to be the guy, but you have to operate like he will be. And if you don't do that, then you're doing all this wrong. So you have to operate like how do I surround this guy with competency and then maybe the Bears can be plucky and fun and they're a tough out and all that and then they're good, right? That's that's kind of the progression. Let's get to competence first and then we'll talk about plucky and beyond. So it'll be a fun offseason. Thanks for sticking with us all year. Uh, this was, you know, not the, not the easiest of years, but we'll, we'll be here, uh, to, to cover this to some degree, either on this show or other shows on the, on the channel. Um, this is the last show of this season. We will officially call this the end of the third season. So, um, why don't we talk about the beers? Why don't we talk about what we got coming up in the off season? And then we will close the show out. How was the beer? Beer's great. It's very drinkable. It's pretty heavy alcohol wise, but it's smooth. Not over sugary, still has a little bit of that beer bite to it, but it's it's pretty smooth for a high alcohol beer. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad I chose it. Uh, how'd you do with your uh, s'mores by Left Hand? I like I like Left Hand. I like their stuff. Um, I like their nitro stuff a lot. They've been doing a lot with their with their nitros. Um, this is just straight uh, normal, not non nitro. Um, I think it's I think it's fine. I don't think it's the best uh s'mores that i've had but it's not like artificial tasting which is good so it's solid i think you'd, you'd be fine with it it maybe doesn't have the any of those flavors kind of jump out at you at all um there's a few that i've had that do, do a little bit more of expressing those flavors in a in a real way not a not an artificial way um, but it's a solid beer so i have no problem with it i've got five more of them and, uh, and they'll get they'll get drank so no big no big deal I love that badge. They'll they get the they'll get drank badge, and, they'll get and drank. that's well. Thing. I've had beers that oh, uh, get poured down the drain. I I don't pour many out, but I do have an area in my garage which is cooler than the rest of the house. That is the uh, the sort of donate pile for my friends that uh, you know run bike shops or whatever else. And I'm like, yep. Next time I go see them, I'm gonna take the three of that four pack that I didn't drink and be like, Hey, free beer. And they'll be like, sweet. And I'll be like, excellent. It's out of my garage. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's an old trick, right? Like, Hey, we're going to a party. It's like, Oh, let me grab some beers. Yeah. You know, I like, got oh, some Jeff, stuff. I only thought you drank one or two. Uh, yeah. 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 The rest of them I'm leaving in your fridge. Yeah. Here's, I have no interest. In here's them. eight. Yeah. Do it. Do yeah. as you will with them. No, that's, that's all good. So uh, what do you got coming up? All right. Well, so in the off season, um, there's some stuff that I'm not sure will happen that I'm excited about, um, but I will share that with you if that happens. I don't have a green light on the stuff yet, but I think it's time to commit to writing the book. I yes. have a book idea. Um, I want to write about the '40s Dynasty Bears. I've done some initial research. Uh, and I want to dive in this offseason and, and start writing a book. So that's the big offseason project that I'm going to commit to. It might be the dumbest idea that I've ever had uh, to try to take on a book. But I've got the passion for it. I've got the idea. I think there's something there. I think there's a story that needs to be told. And so I'm going to try to tell it. I'm so freaking happy. I love that. That is awesome. And it's not the dumbest idea you've ever had. I can guarantee that. <laughs> well, <laughs> fair. Uh, and then I'll be at the Senior Bowl for a couple of days. I'm uh, excited so. about that as well. Got credentials for Senior Bowl. Got credentials for Shrine Bowl. Um, 
uh, we'll see how travel goes in the in the land of the O variant and, and other variants as they pop up. Um, we'll be covering them no matter what. Uh, we'll be doing weekly shows on bootleg. We'll be doing weekly live streams starting up on bootleg here pretty soon um, as we won't have, you know, game recaps. Uh, and we also, as of today, started a clips channel on bootleg. So we've got the long form stuff that'll always be on the bootleg football podcast channel. We've got the bootleg football clips channel. That's going to be launching today. First clips are going to be going up. That'll be small slices of the podcast, three minutes, five minutes, stuff like that. We'll have, uh, smaller discussions about players on the draft. And the reason we have to do that is because the algorithm on YouTube is, is pretty merciless. And if they're used to people hanging out for an hour, hour and a half, and then you start having people hang out for five minutes, they go, what happened? They hate you. And they start Mm. pushing your videos down. So a lot of channels do this. They make a clips channel. Uh, we too will have a clips channel. It is bootleg football clips. Uh, should have some clips up there today, but as we go through the senior bowl, the shrine bowl, um, you know, uh, pro bowl, uh, super bowl, and then all the off season stuff, we'll have small bits that go up on the bootleg football clips channel. So look for that coming up. Uh, if you're already subscribed to the bootleg football channel, we'll be putting notifications up there to let people know that it's up. Um, and, uh, other than that, I think we should do something for our patrons. We should have like a pre-super bowl watch party something like that keep keep tuned uh we'll let you know uh we'd love to get together with all of you that supported bears over bears through the patreon this year um and give you a little benefit and if that's just time with us maybe that's a benefit to you maybe it's not (laughs) maybe you don't want to claim that yeah uh but we'd like to offer it because uh it's been great to have all of you throw support our way and say we believe in what you're doing um and whether that's through comments on the youtube channel or on Windy City Gridiron, or throwing some money our way on the Patreon so we can buy a couple beers. We really appreciate it. So we want to give back there. We'll figure out how to do that. Probably do it as a sort of watch party thing. Playoffs or the Super Bowl, and we'll keep you posted. Well, it's been great. I can't believe it's been three years. It is amazing to me that three years ago I bought this microphone as a Christmas present to myself because I wanted to try to do this, and I talked you into doing this podcast with me, and we came up with a name. We came up with a theme. kind of a silly shtick because we both like beers, and we both had drank beers together in your place of residence in Washington and talked about the bears and said, why don't we try to recreate this? Why don't we invite people in to, to share this with us? And so that's where it all started. Very exciting that we can say we've been doing this for as long as we have. I can, again, I cannot believe it has been three years. Uh, let's hope that the Bears start putting out really good product in year four and year five and beyond, right? Uh, so that we have even more fun things to talk about. But even when they're struggling it's still great to talk to you about football. It's still great to share this with everybody that interacts with us. So thank you to sincere. Thanks to everybody who stuck with us. Yeah, for sure. This is, uh, it started out as a silly idea, but it's, it's good. And one of these seasons, we're going to get a bears team that makes a deep run and people are going to stick with us. And you know, some people are going to find us at that point point. be like, this is great. We're going to be like, yep. Where have you been? We've been here for four years and we'll welcome <laughs> them the same way that we welcomed all of you. So uh it'll happen uh it's fun either way you all make it fun uh all the feedback we get on on twitter and windy city and and every place else now the youtube channel um 
it it makes it good we know you're out there uh we feel your support that you're watching along listening along uh telling us when we're right telling us when we're wrong telling us when we didn't include the proper cheese uh (laughs) all that stuff it does land we really appreciate it and thanks for riding with us all right well until next season take care guys bear down